All right, everybody, uh, get out your Bibles with me today. This is a different kind of service today. Anybody okay with different kind of service? We're going to do something different that I am impressed of the Lord to do, and I wouldn't do this without that. Uh, So get ready, get ready, get ready. Um, This is our offering time, but it's also expanded here today. In fact, fact, we're going to do this a little bit different. So I want to begin, first of all, with giving giving you our, our regular building update. Okay, we do we do a building update because we're in a in a remodel project here that we took this building and and turned it into a church, looking pretty good, right? It's been it's been a blessing so far, and and uh, you know, dozens of people have already come to the Lord and uh, given their life to the Lord in the first month that we've been here, and uh, and good things happening in many areas. So uh, let's start off with what we normally show you. We have been. Uh, for the last little while, and that's the the building charts that show how this thing has been paid for, and you can see what where we're at. The blue is what is paid for already. Now, just you can leave that up for a second. Um, let me remind you of the process. And I know there's folks who are new. You've just started coming since we've been in the building, and some, of course, this is your first, very first time today. Let me encourage those of you who are here for the first time today. This service is not completely normal, <laughs> and the rest of you don't even know what I'm talking about yet. However, uh, this is in fact the first time we've ever done what, what we're about to do uh, in a, in a service. And so, just chill. We're not asking anything of you. Just enjoy, kick back, listen to the Word, receive and see God move in this place, and, uh, and good things are happening. So what we've done is we, we came into this facility now, uh, and we, we, were, uh, we had the opportunity to enter in with a lease-to-purchase deal, all right? We're basically sitting in about a $6 million facility now, and, uh, and we got in on, as most of you know, a lease-to-purchase that enabled us to take all of the resources that we had and everything coming in and put it into the remodel uh, renovation of this building. That's what we're looking at here with the the 1.916 million that has already come in. That's already uh, come in and spent. And, uh, and and then the other numbers there, the 38 was committed. It has yet to come in, and the 139 still needed. Uh, that's, those are the important numbers on this chart. We also mentioned to you that the, a couple of weeks ago that the street improvements that we were delaying, you can see they're not being delayed, and that really has to do with the fact that they want the money up front whether you delay it or not. And so we can let them hold our money and leave it ugly, or we can do it. That's why that's being done, and that should be all done next week. And so, and so that's that the 80,000 on, on the street improvements was not included in this, in this, in this particular chart. Also, we have our parking lot project that we added after we got into this. And the parking lot project, because basically adding all that's dirt out there in, in addition to the parking over here, the parking that was already there and so forth. We added that onto the project and you can see how that uh, stands here today as well, at the 139, 316 being the key number there. Now, 
in this particular process now, of course, we are going to very soon turn this lease to purchase into purchase. Okay? And get the, get that, get that settled once and for all. We're not doing that today. Not unless, you know, something were to happen really good. <laughs> uh, to the tune of millions. <laughs> uh, but we're not, we're not focusing on that today. We're going to get to that in the very near future in wrapping that thing up and, and, and sealing that deal. Uh, however, we must deal with first things first, all right? And first things first has to do with finishing the project that we began and getting, getting what we're sitting in and what we're using and still finishing up, getting this thing paid in full. Everybody with me today? Would that be important? Very, very, very important. And so that's what, that's what I, what I want to take a, a little bit of time here today to do. And I realize pe- most of you, uh, other than a f- very small f- handful of people, didn't know, even know this was coming today, but the Lord did. And like I shared with, uh, with, with my staff and so forth, I, I wouldn't even do this um, outside of the, the Lord stirring my heart to do it because I'd rather just preach on desire. <laughs> and we can come back to that. And uh, rather do some other things, but I believe this, there's a there's a, a time right here, right now, that is a God moment for our church as a whole and for individuals in here. I know that God has a system; He has laws that govern His kingdom that relate to our finances. We can live like the world and live like God, live like God is not real or as if He's poor, or we can tap into His financial system his the laws of his kingdom and allow his blessing to flow to us tremendously and that's entirely up to us and God doesn't force us you know how we are around here we don't force anyone or twist any arms or act like anyone's under obligation in fact we don't want people to give under duty or obligation but rather out of a willing heart and when that willing heart is present then God accepts those things that we present to him and good stuff happens and so I want to uh, take a look at a few scriptures here today. The first one is Luke chapter 6. Luke, the sixth chapter. And l- l- let's take a look at what the Word of God has to say. These are, some, these are some basic principles that govern our lives and govern the kingdom of God. Many times these scriptures are known understood as far as the basic concept by many believers however living like they're true can be a whole nother deal <laughs> and uh, how many know, how many know it's one thing to say god is powerful god is strong god is my healer he's my provider he's my victory he's my joy it's another thing to act like he is and you really tell what we're what we believe and what we're convinced of by what comes out of our lives Luke chapter 6 and verse 38, it reads this way, give, and that's the last time you'll ever see it. How many have that translation? That's the reverse standard version, Uh, (laughs) nearly inspired version. Uh, No, it says give, and it, now what's it refer to? It refers to whatever is given, 
All right. The context of the chapter deals with multiple subjects, but the primary is actually giving offerings. All right. Uh, give and it, in other words, what is given will be given to you. Well, how many know if I believe that, that should immediately take the fear out of giving? If I don't believe that, well, then I'm just saying bye-bye <laughs> to whatever I'm giving, right? But if I believe the, the principle of the kingdom, the law of the kingdom of God, then I'm not concerned that what I give is going to diminish my life in any way. Really, what I give does not diminish, but only enhances. It only lifts, lifts up because what I give comes back. It will be given to you. What will be given? What I give. How will it be given? He goes on to say, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, it will be put into your bosom. In other words, be thrown into your lap. Now, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, reminds me of when I used to feed calves growing up, and, and uh, we had these bags of grain, pull the top off, got that little string, and you'd pull the top off and pour it in the buckets, and then I'd go take it over to many times the calves that were in these pens, and they would eat out of the buckets, or used to be these old World War II helmets that they welded a little thing on. And uh, anyway, uh, but I'd fill the bucket up to the top because you want to make as few of trips as possible. By the time, by the time you fill a couple buckets and you get them, and you're, you know, you walk out there to where the cabs are, the buckets aren't full anymore, right? You ever notice that? Almost, almost kind of like a cereal box right? or a bag of chips. <laughs> Isn't that a ripoff? <laughs> Why is the bag so big if it's half air? <laughs> Uh, maybe settling, uh, maybe it's the plan, I don't know. But, but with the, the buckets of grain, what's happening is, well, pressed down, shaken together. And, uh, and so we try to, you know, try to knock those things down a little bit up front, try to get as much in there as possible. But this is the mindset that the Lord has when it comes to what we give, how it will be measured back and given back to us. And that is, it's, you can get, he, he wants to get in, in there as much as possible. All right? We give, and then he squishes it down, presses it in, shakes it up, dances on it, puts some more in and says, here you go. Now you can have it back. All right. Isn't that a good plan? He said, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And so the measure that it comes back to me is entirely up to me. Right. The measure I use, not what God decides. Well, God decides to give some people a lot, and God decides to give some people a little. I don't know that verse. Huh? You know that verse? I know the verse that says, it's up to me the measure that it's coming back to me in. The uh, New Living Translation reads this way. Give, and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, I remember uh, listening and hearing from uh, Keith Moore one time. He said the Lord showed him regarding these principles that the way that this works in our present day dealings with money and and economy and so forth He said, when you give or sow seed or, you know, give offerings, those things, when you give in 20s, it comes back to you in 20s. Doesn't mean the same amount of 20s, but 
the Lord measures it back to you like that. It, when, it, when someone gives in hundreds, it comes back to them in hundreds. When someone gives in thousands, it comes back to them in thousands. He said, the Lord told him, when you give in tens of thousands, it comes back in tens of thousands. Give in hundreds of thousands, and comes back in hundreds of thousands. Give in millions, it comes back in millions. Does that make sense? And that seems to be a, a, a logical measuring tool that I can get to a place of giving at certain levels in my life. And when I get to giving at certain levels, then that's how it flows back to me on those levels. Everything multiplied. That's always been the Lord's plan. Otherwise, why would he have any of his family give anything? Because if there were not a spiritual principle in place, we would give, 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 and be empty. And the Lord doesn't want you empty. He doesn't want me empty. He doesn't want me lacking and being in need and being in debt and being without. No, the Lord set up a system where we would acknowledge Him as our provider, as our provision, and then have a step of faith that we can act on, and that is we give in proportion to whatever we choose, and according to that measure, it comes back to us. All right. Now, let's go to 2 Corinthians 9. Everybody okay so far? Is anybody nervous? All right. <laughs> God is good. Second Corinthians 9. This is one of the best New Testament chapters on giving that, that, that I know of. It's both the principle and the promise. And it's powerful. I can't really explain it any better than Paul, by the Spirit, wrote here. We won't read it all. But I will read beginning in verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as who purposes? As he purposes in his own heart. In other words, there's no... There should be no pressure on you from anyone at any time that causes you to give from that external position. But according as he purposes in his own heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Don't you like that verse? Who does God love? Those who are happy about giving. So what if I'm not? Well, well, I'm not going to say, well, God doesn't love you because God so loved the world. (laughs) But He doesn't love that. He doesn't love a non-cheerful gift. Okay? And verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Now, how many know when God's grace abounds towards you, you are suddenly empowered, you suddenly have an ability that you didn't have before. God's grace abounding towards me enables me to live my life and succeed in all that I touch, all that I put my hand to. It is God's very nature and ability flowing through our lives. So God is saying this in connection with a cheerful gift. He said that His grace will abound toward you so that uh, that you always having now that we've got to just slow down there because always is a real good word how many like always how often is that 
always having all sufficiency in all things. You know what that means? Never lacking. Ever. Young, middle age, old as dirt. Uh, never lacking. Never at any point in your life being without. Can you see that's the will of God? It is not His will that any of us would go through life without, lacking, not being able to pay bills or or eat food or have sufficiency for our lives, but that we always would have all sufficiency in all things, that we may have an abundance for every good work. So it goes beyond us having for ourselves. God wants us to be blessed to this degree that we have sufficiency to help those who are in need to give away. Let me read this to you from the Phillips translation. J.B. Phillips, let everyone give as his heart tells him, neither grudgingly nor under compulsion, for God loves the man who gives cheerfully. After all, God can give you everything that you need so that you may always have sufficient both for yourselves and for giving away to other people. You know, the, the, the mindset that, well, I have enough for me and mine and, and we're just fine. We don't need any more. That's a selfish mindset. God's plan is not that your needs just be met, that you have things paid for, that you have a sufficiency for your life. God's will, His plan, is that you have, that I have plenty for my own life and an overflow to give away. If ever I'm not in a position where I can give away that which God uh, has blessed me with in abundance, then I'm not yet prospering. I'm not yet in the, I'm not yet experiencing His highest and His best in my life. Okay? And so the will of God has always been that we have enough for ourselves and forgiving. Praise the Lord. Now listen to this in the Amplified Bible. Just verse 8. Amplified Bible, verse 8. And God is able to make all grace, every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. Isn't, isn't that, doesn't that sound like God? That, that we don't need in our lives to re- rely upon any natural support. In other words, I don't need anyone else to buck me up, but God provides my personal needs. Amen? To the point that I have enough for those who don't know how to do this yet. I have enough to be a blessing to others. Now, one more place today. First Chronicles chapter 29. First Chronicles, the 29th chapter. Praise the Lord. Anybody having fun yet? Anybody feeling condemned? <laughs> In the book of First Chronicles, we have an account, we have a story here of uh, David, King David, 
who was about to, he, he was basically preparing the necessary resources, the funds, the materials, so that his son, when he took over, could build the temple for God. And, uh, and it was a real expensive project. It was a major deal. And what we have here is an account of how this transpired. And, and I want to read some of this beginning in verse 2, 1 Chronicles 29, 2. It, it reads, Now for the house of my God I have prepared with all my might. In other words, he put everything in it because it was the house of God. This is David, the man after God's own heart. He said, gold for things to be made of gold, silver for things of silver, bronze for things of bronze, iron for things of iron, wood for things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. In other words, David is saying, I've already given a lot. And you study it out. <laughs> a lot means a lot. Uh, he had given a lot personally already towards the, his, his building project here, the temple. But because he had set his affection on the house of God, he said, I'm preparing more. Ver- verse uh, 4 3,000 talents of gold, all right, now we don't use talents, but many scholars will say that's about 75 pounds is a talent, so this is a lot of gold. (laughs) I won't take time to do all the math, I've done that before in different settings, but uh, you know, uh, we're talking to the tune of many, many billions of dollars with David's offering. Maybe a hundred billion or two hundred billion. Yeah, what's the difference there, huh? Hundred billion, two hundred billion. Three. Th- anyway, this is the man after God's own heart. He knows how to give an offering. <laughs> Three thousand talents of gold, the gold of Ophir, and seven thousand talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses. The gold for things of gold, and the silver for things of silver for all kinds of work to be done by the hands of the craftsmen. Okay. Notice this next phrase. He said, who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? In other words, words, he's saying, this is what I'm doing. He's talking to his nation. He's the leader over their nation. He said, this is what I'm doing. What are you going to do? Then the leaders of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly. Isn't that a good word? Willingly. They gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents uh, and 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of, of iron, and whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced. They, they did what? They gave a big offering and were happy about it? <laughs> Apparently they saw something. They recognized something more than just the, the debit of their... Uh, their possessions. They rejoiced for they had offered willingly because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord and King David also rejoiced greatly. Praise the Lord. And so uh, and so we can see a, a number of things here. 
about how this this offering came about in their in their their time and in their situation. One thing I want to make mention of, though, is 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 that we have a record here, don't we, of of how much David gave. It was specifically inspired by the Lord that we would know for all time what his offering was. Isn't that isn't that interesting? That that that. that that there is such a thing in the scripture as a public offering. An offering that is given and it's not secret. It's not, it's not hidden from those who were there. And in this case, it got written down and so we all know, right? It, it, it's called a public offering. And we can see that over in the New Testament as well. That in, in the book of Acts, for example, that... Um, that Ananias and Sapphira, they gave, but they actually did it after others were doing it, like Barnabas. People were selling land, and then and it was a public offering. They were bringing their offering to the Lord. Everyone in the church knew so-and-so brought their, their offering. They knew what it was. They knew how much it was, uh, how much they sold land for in that situation. Then, you know, Ananias and Sapphira, they got, they got goofed up in that. Their heart was wrong. And, of course, they went and lied. <laughs> they lied to the Holy Ghost. They said, uh, you know, it, our land, we sold it for this much, and here's all the money. And they totally lied and died. So that's not good. We don't want any of that today. <laughs> no lying or dying. All right? Only truth, honesty, and life. Praise the Lord. It's interesting how people always die, die over offerings in the Bible. I mean, you go back to Cain and Abel, it happened too, didn't it? Didn't Cain kill his brother over the offering thing? You can tell how it really gets under people's skin. Touching my stuff. Amen. Well, oftentimes the things that that people, that harm people the most are also the opportunity for the greatest blessings. How many know a, a relationship, a marriage relationship can be one of the most joyful, satisfying and fulfilling things or hell on earth? I mean, same institution, <laughs> same concept. For some, it's like, yoo-hoo, I am so happy. And others, yee, not doing good, not enjoying life. And, and so we can see these, these examples in scriptures. Someone said, well, what about when Jesus said, don't let your, your, your right hand know what your left hand is doing, but we should give in secret. Well, that's specifically referring to almsgiving. Okay, that's giving to the poor. And there are certain types of giving that should never be made public, that should not be made known in any way or any form or fashion because, uh, you know, it could cause embarrassment to some. And, and certainly we know the motive of everyone's heart in their giving ought to always be, uh, I'm doing this willingly to the Lord. Really, everyone around here, we have a lot of people who serve and help and, and, and work in various ministries and do a gazillion things. All that should be done to the Lord. Everybody listening to me? We shouldn't be doing anything to impress someone else, but it's our service to the Lord. And, and when done willingly, He receives of us uh, our, our, our gifts, our service, our time, and the blessing of God flows in connection with that. And so today, we want to receive a special offering and take care of business with this project the Lord has given us. Amen? And uh, this offering today is one that is directed by the Lord. I actually wasn't even asking the Lord about this because we have already prayed and, you know, we just, we just rest and, and thank the Lord. But when He deals with me, uh, I need to respond. 
and I, I need to do what he says to do. And so today, our offering, we're going to have a special uh, offering to knock this thing out today. This is not our regular offering. This is not tithes, all right? If you've prepared your, uh, your regular part of our church, you've prepared your normal tithes and offerings, hold on to that for now. We'll receive that in a little while here. We'll receive that at the end where we, the ushers pass the offering containers and so forth. We'll receive that then. But right now, we are looking at receiving a special offering for the building project. It is not a pledge thing as far as a, we're going to you know, commit to giving something every week for a year or something like that. No, it's just an offering today. I understand that 99.9% of you did not know we were doing this today. That's why if I were to plan this out just from a natural perspective, I would, I would uh, let you know way in advance what we were going to do. But I believe the Lord can deal with us very specifically and very quickly right here, right now, so that we all do what we're supposed to do here today. Praise the Lord. Stand this as well. Some would like to participate, but they say, I don't carry a checkbook. That's so 10 years ago. <laughs> and, uh, and I understand that. Uh, I don't even know if I remember how to write checks, you know, by hand. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I actually do, but... <laughs> But if, if that's your case, what you can do today is you could grab an offering envelope and write on there that you will bring it next week. Anytime this week or next Sunday, if you say, yep, this is something I know God wants me to do. This is something I want to get involved with and, uh, and knock this thing out. Then I'm going to, but I didn't come prepared knowing this was going to happen today. And of course, like I said, we haven't, we've never done this before. Um, and so uh, you can just write on there again what you what you want to do. Amy and I we're going to give the first we're going to give the first two thousand today towards this project, and uh, and and so we'll get we'll get that started. In fact, why don't you come up? And we're going to, uh, like I said, sow our seed into this first of all. Now, when it comes to uh, the rest of us. We're not in a real big hurry right now. This is not going to be an overly long service, but we're not in a real big hurry during this time. If, if you want to take some time, even in your seat, to discuss something with, a, with your spouse or to seek the Lord and get direction, we're good with that and, uh, and, and want things to be done um, intentionally and spirit-led. Uh, I know with some say, well, I'm not prepared to do this, but I have investments or I have this, you may have something that you want to sell, a vehicle you want to sell, and I can't put that in the offering. But, you know, you can let us know today because here's what we're going to do. We're going to tally this in-house live in the service today, okay? And so, um, you know, if there's, there are other ways that you want to give things and you're not able to put them in the bucket, well, you would write that on there, I'll do this at this time, or this is the value of what I want to do, so we can include that in our knock this project out. Now, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out math. Um, if, you know, and I know this, that people are at all different levels. Obviously, if we, if we got 100 people to do what we were doing today, that'd get us well on the way uh, to knocking this thing out. And there's plenty of that in the house. And I know this, that uh, biblically speaking, God looks at things percentage-based, doesn't he? 
Remember, remember when he, uh, when Jesus was watching the offering one day, and the middle, the widow gave her two mites, and that's just that's not very much. In case you don't have any mites on you, uh, it's a real small offering. But Jesus said she gave more than anyone else. All those who were putting in large sums of money, and you can see that the Lord based bases his um, view of what someone does not on how it compares to someone else and what they do, but how it compares to what they have. All right. A thousand dollars to one person is probably equal to 10,000 to another, or it's equal to a hundred dollars to someone else, or it's equal to 10, uh, you know, a hundred thousand to someone else, or, you know, just different amounts mean different things to different people, depending where they are at today, what they have, what they're able to do. And so, um, you know, some can give uh, what we've done. Hopefully a bunch. We knock this thing out. Some can give way more than that. And if you can and want to, then do. What if I can and don't want to? You'll never hear from me about it. <laughs> and, uh, we, you know, we just don't operate that way. And, uh, and, and so, you know, we don't, we don't um, underestimate the value of the 50s and the 100s and things like that, even though we're dealing with hundreds of thousands. Uh, everything God can use and bless you and increase you big time in response to. And so, uh, who will join me today? Who's going who's gonna to step up to the plate? I want to take, and I say me, us, Amy too. Um, I want to take a moment where we, where we pray and we set our heart to seek the Lord and just be, just be uh, still before Him. Uh, let, let me say this, because we're going to do this live like they did sit sometimes in biblical days. If, if in your offering, um, you don't want your name to be read, just write that right on the top of the offering envelope. Don't read name. All right. And then, then, we, then that, that'll be anonymous because you don't have to. It doesn't have to be public in your situation. If you don't want it to be, we'll just read the amount. Praise the Lord. Let's pray today. Father, we're so thankful for your goodness. We're so thankful for your kindness. We're thankful for your favor. Lord, you've been leading us all the way. Every single day, you've been leading us. You've been guiding our church, our family. Lord, you've been directing our our resources. You've been guiding us in a way where everything is always... We've always had sufficiency in everything. And Lord, we're able to, as a church, continually give to others. Give to other ministries. Give to, to those who are in need. And Father, we will continue to do so. But Father, by, by your direction, we're stepping up to the plate today to hit a home run. We're here to knock this thing out of the park, get this thing done so we can continue to reach many lives for your glory. And so, Father, I pray for each one today that they might be filled with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that they would come to a place of, of rest and assurance on the inside as to what their part would be in this special time of generosity today. Thank you for the spirit of giving. Thank you for the the joy of the Lord that is our strength and for our victory now. Lord, we give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.